Welcome to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show with your hosts, Bigger and Briggs. That's right. Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show from AsylumFantasySports.com, at Asylum Football on Twitter, and the Fantasy Sports Network. Yes, welcome into the Asylum. We are Flieger and Briggs. Glad you could join us yet again. Here we are in week 13. Go time, Rick. You Go betcha. time. This is, in most fantasy leagues, the last week of the regular season. And you're either in, out, or trying to get in. If you're out, don't quit. Be a spoiler. Yeah. Be nasty, yeah, Knock man. somebody out. You Ruin betcha. their day. Yeah, don't be man. that guy. Just ruin somebody's entire season because that's really what it's all about is just ruining everybody else's good time. Exactly. To heck with yours. So we're going to look at that. A lot of injuries to talk about here in the first segment. We're going to take some time. We're going to get a little selfish here, but I think it's things you're facing. I know, Rick, you are facing a do or die in our league of consequence. Yes. I thought I was, but turns out I've got some tiebreakers. So I'm in, but I'm still jockeying for playoff position there's one or two guys I'm trying to avoid in the first round due to, uh, number one, them being better, and number two, just the way fantasy karma works for me. You always have that one or two guys in your league. So we're going to look at our own scenarios, break them down, show you how we break things down, how we come to decisions. And I'm sure these are going to be players a lot of you have those same issues with. So we're going to get a little selfish do that. We'll pick all the games because we're just gangbusters at that, Rick. I hope everybody's betting with us when we're picking these games. Especially you. Yeah, yeah. Follow Mr. Briggs if you're actually going to put any money on it. And uh, I don't know, whatever else comes up, we can have some fun. So let's start it off. Rick, since we're making it all about us, let's start one that affected you greatly as Chris Johnson goes down with an injury. looks like he's going to miss extended time. Yeah, what is a, a fractured tibia from a knee to the shin, basically. I yeah, mean, the tibia, that is... That may be a career ender for a guy his age, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, he's, what, 30, 31? I'm not even exactly sure. I know he's at least 30. That is... You know, a getting to that age, as, as you just mentioned, and a broken leg. You know, I, you, of course, Chris Johnson's nothing like he was. We know that. Right. But I still think a broken – you look at Fred Jackson about three years ago, had the broken leg, I believe it was. Much better than torn ligaments, right, ACLs, right. and so There's forth. There's a definitive healing process. Right. There's a definitive – there's no special workouts, anything. It no. heals, and then you're good to go. Exactly. You but it takes the requisite time. So for fantasy owners and for Chris Johnson at this point in the season, for the Cardinals at this point well, in the yeah, season, that's... it's terrible. But for Chris Johnson, you're right. Maybe I just it takes forever to recover from anything when you get into your 30s, as I'm finding out here and as you knew 40 years ago. So I just hope it's not the end of his career because what a perfect fit for that offense. I didn't buy it. When they signed him, I scoffed. Ha, I said. The worst, the worst part about this is just Arizona. Talk about a snake-bit team. Last year, losing Carson Palmer and so many injuries. Now this year, Andre Ellington, you know, dealing with turf toe. They're down to Johnson and Stephon Taylor, you know, for their running game. You know, fortunately – Palmer's still healthy. They have the passing attack. They have that championship defense. They still should be, in my mind, they're the odds-on favorite in the NFC. Even, you know, all due respect to the Panthers, I love the Panthers. I think I would love to see an Arizona-Carolina NFC championship game. Yeah, that's one I'm definitely looking forward to. I hope the Packers don't, don't hop back up there and stick their nose into things. So, so you wonder, here's what I'm, Take, take what it means to the Cardinals. Take what it means, more importantly, to Rick Briggs out of the equation. 
as an observer from the outside looking in, I'm curious now. I'm excited to see what David Johnson does as this number one guy. This guy had a lot of hype coming into the preseason. I thought he was going to see a ton of work until they signed Chris Johnson. Andre Ellington can't stay healthy, got called out by Bruce Arians last week because of that, said, we love this guy, he's a great player, but you have got to be here for me. You've got to be able to stay healthy. So I think if David Johnson – I'm afraid Chris Johnson may be done. I'm afraid if if David Johnson – I'm not afraid. I think if David Johnson performs well, performs admirably, you could see Andre Ellington be cut at the end of the season. So I think this is going to be a tryout for the first two rounds of your fantasy draft next season because in in spots, David Johnson has looked like a stud. A lot of the draft nicks predicted him to be a stud coming out. So I'm I'm very curious. This is one I'm going to be watching very carefully. Oh, and and – Great point. I mean, number one, we just talked about Chris Johnson with his age and injury he had. Okay, we can write him out of the equation. David Johnson acquits himself well. I could see them cutting Ellington, keeping Taylor around, drafting a running back. Right. You know, to come in to supplement the depth and go with Johnson. But it's not often, Rick. I'm sure it's happened. I cannot recall a coach calling out a player for their inability to stay healthy. That's sort of telling to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that said, you know, a coach can make lots of excuses, and we know how talented Ellington is. But if he's out here making the point now that, yeah, this kid is ultra-talented, I love him as a man, as a human being, but you can't play for me if you can't be on the field. Right. I've never seen that before. I think he might be calling his shot here a little bit early. Well, you know, it's it's got to be frustrating when you have – someone of that potential and quite frankly he's right you have to be on the field and it may not be really a knock on Ellington but it just could be just fact right I we can't guys we cannot use you right if we can't have you over six eight games a year I mean look at CJ Spiller same Same thing thing. he's healthy this year but they're not using him every time the workload increases for him. He's been one of these unfortunate guys that just can't stay on the field. Yeah, and it's just so telling because you mentioned that's a perfect name. You never heard any of the coaches in Buffalo say that. You talk about Darren McFadden, who's having a bit of a resurgence this year, but this was the knock on this kid for a long time. Never heard of that carousel of coaches in Oakland saying that. I, that it really means something to me. Yeah. And I get it. You know, he's saying it's the truth, and these are probably conversations all coaches of guys like this have in the background is I can't even create a game plan using this guy because I don't know if he's going to trip coming out on right. the practice field and he's going to be out for three weeks. So I get it. I just think for him to come out and publicly say that, I think this is a real audition for David Johnson, and this is one I'm going to be watching closely. And it's a crucial game at St. Louis. Exactly. Yeah, got gots to have it. Lock yeah. this division down because Seattle, days are coming. Seattle's oh, yeah. are coming. I don't know about the division, but you, you're going to need to make sure you've got home games if you're going to have to go beat the Seattle Seahawks you to get got to the it. Super Bowl. Everybody fantasy in the fo- fantasy football world in the entire city of Boston and the surrounding area held their breath on Sunday night as the Gronk, Rob Gronkowski, gets carted off the field. Looks like it is just a sprain. Probably not going to go this week, but nothing for extended time. That was scary time for some fantasy owners. Wow. Yeah, and talk about – injury bug i mean this whole offense has been bitten the defense pretty much stayed has stayed intact you know luckily for the patriots but uh losing collins and then all of a sudden you saw when he went yeah exactly all of a sudden cj anderson is a cj anderson of 2014 again instantly i mean it was like a light switch yeah 
But, yeah, I mean, boy, you, you just know there was a sigh of relief when they said, ah, just a sprain. Yeah, the the way he was, you were just way late, Rick. I, I'm guessing you were in bed at the time that happened. But the way he was writhing on the ground, I mean, he was in serious pain. This is a tough dude. Yeah, I thought his leg was broken, or he tore every ligament. The way he reacted, it, it, I, I'm luckily it was a spring because it looked so bad, I really bad. So you wonder with the Patriots now, we've talked about on this show and on our other shows, this Patriots team is vulnerable due to all the injuries. But they're going to make the playoffs. They've got this Division One at this point. You're going to get Gronk back. You are going to get Amendola back possibly this week. He's practicing, although you never know. I never trust Danny Amendola. Yeah, there's another one of those guys we were just talking about. They think Edelman's coming back. Of course, you're not getting Lewis or your offensive lineman back. So they get these weapons back. But I'll tell you what you're seeing and, and why I want to bring this up, why I want to discuss this. We've only got a minute or two left here in this segment. You've seen Tom Brady's numbers get held down significantly. If you listen to our Sunday slant, if you don't, I don't, I don't, don't know what's wrong with you and shame on you. I, to your mockery and Scott Fish's mockery, said you must start Russell Wilson over Tom Brady this week. You did. Bang, I did. Yeah, That's you what did. I said. Yeah, and he, I'm not messing with Tom Brady till these weapons well, come back. Well, the thing is, Rick, I mean, they played the Denver defense. Right. He still threw for 280 and three touchdowns. Okay. It's not like, yeah, Russell Wilson outperformed well, in fantasy-wise. let's fantasy even take wise. that out. Right. Yeah, let's but, throw that out. I just a, wanted to put it out there. No, and, and, <laughs> and it was a great call. No, no question about that. But logically, and Russell Wilson against that Pittsburgh, I mean, that was a gutty call. But you still don't. I mean, two eighty and three touchdowns. You don't bench this guy. I mean, even with all right, Rick. So this week we only got a minute left here. This right week, playing we'll, Philadelphia at play, New England. Playing Philadelphia. Let's assume Gronk's out. Right. Let's assume Amendola's out. We know Edelman's out. I keep wanting to say Welker. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just, we know Edelman's out. LaFell, he'll be there, but he's nicked up. I even against Philly, I'm not touching Tom Brady this week. I am completely at arm's length. Now, obviously, okay, if I'm in a situation where if i got to start uh, – Well, that's the thing. You start Austin Teddy Davis, I'm not going to do it. Teddy Bridgewater or him? What's his matchup? Seattle? <laughs> no, I don't think Bridge, Bridgewater can carve him up but like that. But this ben is going to have to be where you're Right, you're going to have to have somebody. Okay, um, uh, well, well, Mariota. I'll tell you what, Rick. Let's break here. Okay. Let's pick this up on the other side. We'll do that right after this. And now, back to Fligger and Briggs on the Fantasy Sports Network. That's right. Welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Fantasy Sports Network. All right, I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, all right, we here started. we started. We're going to keep yeah, right on going. To you're you're going to bench Tom Brady this week because right. he has nobody to throw to. Nobody. Okay, now, you're in a 12-team league, which is pretty normal. All right. All right, so you're Breeze and Roethlisberger. They're not in the equation because they're already on somebody else's team. Right. All right, so you're going to bench Tom Brady for, okay, Marcus Mariota is who uh, the last one was before we went to the break. Tennessee is playing Jacksonville. Jacksonville, yes. I'm going to start Mariota over Tom Brady. All right. I'm going to start Bortles. That's your next question. You you at home write this down, and then um, please email. Now, this is assuming Amendola – and Gronk don't play. Let's keep that in mind as well. Okay, how about – Okay, that, that's fine. I mean, yeah, Gronk may not play. Gronk won't play. He's, I can't imagine not they, they push him. I can't imagine. Okay, Alex Smith. 
Kansas City is playing Oakland. Yeah, oh, that's tempting. Now, Alex Smith won't throw for any touchdowns, so I can't do it. Okay, how about um, Matt Hasselbeck? Against that Steelers defense. Yeah, give me Hasselbeck. All right. I mean, you know, I, I'm not benching. You're just disgusting. Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm, I'm not ta- for these guys. Well, let's let's just go through it. Guys, Rick Flieger would play over Tom Brady if Amendola and Gronk are out. I'm going to go right through the schedule. Houston, Buffalo, I don't think I'm messing with either of those. I like Hoyer. I actually said on the show on Sunday that I'd take Hoyer last week. I don't know if I was right on that one, but I was darn close. They were real close if if they weren't right. Yeah, Houston's playing some ball. But I don't like that Buffalo matchup. San Francisco, Chicago, how about this? I'll take Jay Cutler. I'll take Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler is very tempting. And I'll tell you what, let's bring up a dilemma that I'm in right now. Let's jump right into it. All about us tonight. I love it. My league of consequence. I, I, you know, I mean, I win. I'm division champ, and, and, and everything's peachy. Out. Okay, <laughs> I got a dilemma. I have Derek Carr, who's been just wonderful this year. Mm-hmm. But you know, Oakland still a young team. They're still, you know, subject to, you know, some guffaws here and, and there. You've seen two in the last three weeks. There last week he was fine. But they're at home against that tough Kansas City defense. Okay, I don't like that. I don't. My like other it. quarterback is Jay Cutler at home against San Francisco. San Francisco. That now, is so tough. It is. I mean, if it's week eight, I'd throw him in there. Right. Right. Exactly. But this is win, and you're in time, and I need to win. Lose and go home. Yeah, lose wow. and go home. Go home, Joker. Do I go with the guy that I've been riding, who has been? You know, I know he's a second year guy. But he's been good. I jumped on him in preseason back in April. I mean, wrote articles on right, Derek Carr. Right. You, and, you jumped all – You were. I'll give you that one. And You're the only guy in this business I heard trumping up Derek Carr and as he's, a top-ten quarterback. And he's been wonderful year. all year. Yeah. I'm just a little skeptical. You know, Latavius Murray has been shut down in Completely. recent weeks. They cannot get the running game going. So now I have to do stop Carr. If they're not afraid of the run game – Oh, that's all they have to worry about is right. the pass. That's what worries me about that. And Kansas City can shut down fantasy quarterbacks. I think they give up like 12 points to fantasy quarterbacks. And here's what stinks about it, Rick, because it comes down to a philosophical argument, and I hate these at this point in the season. And what I mean by that is everything tells me, if we didn't have names attached to this, the quarterback who has performed the way Chicago's quarterback has performed – going up against his matchup versus the Oakland quarterback going up against his matchup, both knowing their numbers but not knowing their names, you would say it's the the Chicago guy. And there would be no question in your mind. But philosophically, you've got to win to get in the playoffs. If you lose this game, you're out. Can you trust, can you bring yourself to plug Jay freaking Cutler into your lineup in a do or die? I – it's, I don't. I don't know. Have an answer to give you, because by all the numbers, Rick Jay Cutler is well, your play here. But can you trust Jay Cutler when you gotta win? When oh, you I gotta understand. Have? But it, okay, say you don't look at the numbers. All right, who, who are you gonna plug into your lineup? Or, or the names, not the numbers. Excuse me. Who are you gonna plug into your lineup? Twenty-eight hundred ninety-five yards, twenty-four touchdowns, and six picks. Or. And I have to scroll down to find him. 2,510 yards, 14 touchdowns, and six picks. Okay, so obviously you know, I'm going with the first one there. Right, and that's the thing. It is. It's, it's um, You're attaching 
youth, obviously, and the right. problems they may have to Derek Carr. And you're attaching, well, the stigma of Jay Cutler to Jay Cutler. And it, right. it, it's a real dilemma. Yeah, he can't help but be Jay Cutler. <laughs> it's it's a, a cross he has to bear. Right. And, and you can't help but just wonder, can you trust this cat? Can you trust this joker? With the game on the line. So, look, I know you, Rick, and you're conservative. So, Carr might be your play there. What's your matchup like? Let's ask Let's ask me that. How important is every point this week? Oh, I mean, Do it's... Do you have a risk you can take is the question I'm asking you. There's not many risks to take on my team. I'm out Chris Johnson at running back. Yeah, yeah. So, now I am stuck with either Rashad Jennings... Isaiah Crowell or Stephon Taylor from the Cardinals, who's probably not going to get a workload with David Johnson there. No, no. So you're really in trouble at running back. So you need to maximize the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the higher ceiling, Rick's actually Carr, right? He's got the higher ceiling. I would think. Cutler's the safer play, probably, because I think Carr's floor is lower just based on his matchup and the way Cutler's been playing lately. But there is no circumstance, I can't imagine, Rick, where Carr goes out and throws for 320 and three scores. I don't see Cutler doing that even with a glorious matchup, right? Carr, even with a bad matchup, could do it. He has done it with bad matchups, and he's thrown up all over himself with good matchups. That's the danger of a second-year running back. Right. You know, the 49ers have given up the ninth most, most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Kansas City's given up the 24th most points, 24th most points, or is that the ninth least points, right. however you want to look yeah, at it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, I think Derek Carr is the safer play. Cutler, I don't, I, you know, you don't know what you're going to get with Cutler. Right, he's too much of a wild card here. And, but, but the problem is, the young guy's a wild card any given week. He is. However, you know, Cutler... You know, you worry about the picks with him. He only has six this year. You know, Carr has six. So you think, okay, well, that's not a big deal. Well, you know, Carr has ten more touchdowns. Right. Yeah, that's significant. I mean, that's very significant. So I, I'm not exactly sure. Fortunately, I have till Sunday to make the pick. It's not a Thursday game. So anyway. So, anyway, we'll move on I'm going to tell you to go with Derek Carr, but uh, we, that, we'll certainly I, I think discuss it. We'll probably discuss it again Sunday morning, I'm Yeah, guessing, probably. As you got to have this one. So, I, I think we've beat that one to death. Uh, but these are kind of the dilemmas people are in last game of the year. Yeah, we're yeah gonna believe get in, it or not. We're going to get into more of these as we go on. I think one more injury note, Ben Roethlisberger has been practicing. Just a weird situation. He's all but claimed he didn't even have a concussion even though he took himself out of the game because he was certain he had a concussion. Tomlin said he had a concussion. Nobody knows, but seems to be proceeding through the protocol well, well and should be good to go. Uh, um, supposedly, he was diagnosed with an ocular migraine. Right. Okay. Can that be brought on by having Michael Bennett blast you in the I face? I have had mo- ocular migraines. All right. I suffer from ocular migraines. I can see why he took himself out if you've never had one. No, I understand. You know that. what they are. No. Okay. I don't know anything. A migraine headache is the constriction of your blood vessels, you know, I, I don't know, I guess in your brain somewhere. That's what causes the severe pain. All right. You know, for a migraine headache. All right. An ocular migraine 
is the constriction of the blood vessels to the eyes. And what it does is it basically makes your vision look like a television where everything's and all out of whack. That's what he said happened in his peripheral. He said right. It's like he was underwater is what he said. So if you've never had those, and the first time I had one, I was just getting up off the couch. I'd finished a cup of coffee. I'll never forget this. I was going to work. I stood up, and that's what happened. And I couldn't see. I mean, I felt along the wall. You know, I'm calling my wife. I can't see. Uh And so I ended up going to the hospital. That's what it turned out to be. I've since had them, and they're weird. I mean, you get – I just sit with my eyes closed until I open them and it's cleared up again. What I'm curious about, head trauma bring it on? I don't because know Because the that. timing's just awful funny. Yeah, you know what I mean? That I don't know. I don't doubt that. I mean, he said the same thing you said in his peripheral. It was like he was underwater. Uh-huh. I don't doubt that happened. Right. I, nobody, nobody, and especially me, would ever question his kid's toughness. What I'm saying is the fact that it happened 15 minutes after Michael Bennett basically hit him in the face with a two-by-four as hard as he hit him. It was just curious timing. But the moral of the story is, number one, he should be good to go Sunday. they got to have this game. And number two, and we've only got about ten seconds here, but what the takeaway from that game is it go ahead and try and take Antonio Brown out. Go ahead and take Martavis Bryant out. Ben Roethlisberger's that damn good, and I think he's going to be the difference maker for you and your fantasy playoffs. So we got a break here. No we'll doubt. continue with all this nonsense right after this. Welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show from AsylumFantasySports.com and the Fantasy Sports Network. Gearing up, Rick, Week 13, do or die for so many of you out there. A little little bit of everything. We're going to do a short segment here, Rick, try and get caught up. We have wasted more time on this air discussing this. But after the events of last week, we got to discuss it again. I know the questions are coming this week. I know they're coming Sunday morning. So let's knock it out right now as quick as we can. C.J. Anderson, Ronnie Hillman, both of them looked so much better with Brock Osweiler under center. You saw what Anderson did. Anderson looked like second half of 2014 C.J. Anderson. Outperformed Ronnie Hillman, and he was the guy on the field late in the game. I think Hillman continues to get the ball. Can you trust either one of these guys going forward? And let's keep this in mind. We're going to talk about this next segment when we talk about my team going up against San Diego this week. Well, I think that's – you just mentioned – you just brought up the key right there. Going into this game against San Diego, I think if you have either one of those guys on your roster, put them in as a flex if not an RB too, because I think you're going to be just fine. I, I think Denver may start to – you know, I tell you what, this is a, this is a dangerous game though, okay? This, this is a very dangerous game. Brock Osweiler all of a sudden – Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just good. knocked off Tom Brady and this and the other. You know, and San Diego has been a mess. But Phil Rivers is Phil Rivers and loves to wing it. Right. And if San Diego somehow can slow down Denver offense, I mean, I think this is a real dangerous game. And Kansas City's rolling. They still have division in their eyes. I swear they do. Well, I'm and, sure and, they do. And so – I'm you just know, waiting for the inevitable Andy Reid collapse because that, that seems like it's coming. <laughs> yeah, true. But it hasn't. What, it's six in a row now? Five in a row? Something like that? But I still think you get either one of these running backs in your lineup. Yeah, the matchup, I, I think, almost makes it a guarantee. Like I said, we're going to talk more on that in the next segment this week specifically. And we're going to players to it as it's, it's all about me in the next segment. 
But what I'm curious about, Rick, is going forward, do you feel better? I think Noah Hillman's the starter. He's that fringe third running back, flex guy. You may be forced to start him depending. Let's let's throw him out. But C.J. Anderson, did he turn a corner here? Or was it just with Collins going out, the weather, the right matchup? But I think I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to jump ahead here. I'm going to factor that in for the rest of the year because that's what the weather is likely to look like in Denver for the rest of the year. Right. Collinsworth was going just monkey about it the entire game that he looks like the mutter. He looks like this is what he's built for and this is really the time he busted out last year yeah and i I tell you what you know the the thing about um denver is they play in denver like you said i mean getting some cold weather you can get some nasty weather in kansas city san diego's a little different story of course oakland's a little different story as well right but and i'd have to pull up um you know denver schedule the rest of the year i'm not exactly sure how many of these mutter type games they have but they probably have at least three in denver if nothing else i would think so i mean i can pull that up real quick but i don't know i i think that right now when you have a cj anderson that performed like he did it it depends on who you have in your lineup i guess which is kind of a coward's way out but this is a guy that was drafted to start right from the beginning of the year so I think this is when you start putting him in your lineup. I think this is a safer play right. than, say, the third or fourth guy that you drafted in your draft or picked up off the waiver wire somewhere along yeah. the line. So let's, let's look at uh, Denver. So at San Diego, not a mutter game, but just a, a dream matchup when, when you got to have one. Home to the Raiders, so you at least got weather there. Yeah. And a good matchup. Raiders have been yeah. bad defensively. At Pittsburgh – Another a mutter game yep. against a bad defense. Natural turf. Home to the Bengals, so that's a tough matchup. Probably your Super Bowl week, but at home, on grass, in bad weather. And then finish up at home to the Chargers. So it's setting up, if he's the true mutter, if you believe, what Collins, if you believe what Collins Worth says. Now here, uh, I'll add parenthetically to all you C.J. Anderson guys from the preseason – Get off my Twitter feed telling me I told you so. Guess what? Most people who drafted this cat in the first round when you told them to aren't in the playoffs for this to matter. There are going to be so few teams that are going to be facing this because you got eliminated the from guys the playoffs. That have C- the guys that have C.J. Anderson on their roster now, probably 60% of them picked him up in garbage deals that's with, what with I teams trying to make some sort yeah, of wild deal. Trade. Right. That's, that's how I ended up with him and how got I got it. in the playoffs while I still have him. Right. Well, let's leave it here, Rick. When we come back, we will uh, start to break down my team and uh, maybe pick some games. We'll do that right after this. We don't sleep so you can stay ahead of your competition. Stick with the Asylum. Welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Fantasy Sports Network. As promised, this is going to be all about us today. Hopefully there's lots you can take out of it. We are in some win, gots to win to get in situations this week. Some tough matchups, some odd matchups, some real lineup questions, Rick. So here it is for me as we look at my team. I guess we found out, I was relieved to find out for the first time in uh how long have we been doing this? Three or four years now. I've actually been happy to see you. You brought me some good news that I'm in no matter what. I thought I had to win to get in, so I got some tiebreakers. So as I look at this, I still want this one. I still want to be the – what would that make me? Probably the four or five seed if I win. 
It would definitely make you the four seed if All you right. won. So sure, that, that'd be a, that'd be a nice little place. I get the home game, which is what I really want. Yeah, you that's know, right. That's yeah. what I need. Well, yeah, the, your your fans are amazing. Yeah, yeah, they they got a big home field advantage, no <laughs> question about it. So in my lineup, it, yeah, I won't go through it all. I'm starting D'Angelo and Eddie Lacy at the running back position. Antonio Brown, uh, Hopkins, and Mike Evans are my receivers. So my real question comes down to my flex, Rick. You know, I've got some tight end issues depending on what happens with Martellus Bennett, but I'll worry about that later. So in the flex, as you know, this is a full-point PPR. I'm looking at Jordan Matthews at New England, which I think is a fairly good matchup. New England's deep secondary just does not scare me. The aforementioned C.J. Anderson going up against San Diego. Really don't want to pin my playoff hopes on on C.J. Anderson. But, man, that's a dream matchup in everything we talked about in the last segment. Jeremy Langford, that's a good matchup with San Francisco. I'm going to have to, I think, take more still on what his role is with Forte back, although he still played a pretty significant role on Thanksgiving last week. T.J. Eldon at Tennessee, terrible, terrible, terrible matchup, but uh, certainly an option. And uh, Vincent Jackson, I think we can throw that one out. But all, all told, T.J. Eldon has still been fairly consistent hey, all year. I mean, 12 points, write it down. Right. Nothing more, nothing less. So you're not going to get any more out of him, which can be a bit frustrating. Yeah, But exactly. I, it's rarely less. If I just want those 12 points, I can plug them in. Yeah. They just change his name to 12. Just, just so, add it in now. Yeah, I mean, just looking at it first blush, Rick, to be honest with you, it's got to be Jordan Matthews, right? That's who I have in right now. I expected this big bounce back, and we've seen it one big game and then a late garbage time touchdown here last week to make for good scores. But, boy, I'll tell you what, you're almost counting on that garbage time touchdown. Looks like Bradford's going to be back. He's only got three for the year, which is concerning. And two in the last three weeks, though, which makes me feel a little better. True. C.J. Anderson, I think this comes down to him and C.J. Anderson for me. I mean, can we throw Yeldon out? Uh, that Tennessee is so good against the run. And they're so good defensively in general. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee has given up the fourth fewest fantasy points, two running backs. Go to Langford. You know, San Francisco's given up the fifth most fantasy points to running backs. But is, is this the week where you see mm. Matt Forte take over again? Yeah, does he reassert himself Right. Now? See, that, that's the real question with Langford. I've read some stuff out of Chicago that said the plan is going to be that this is it for Matt Forte. He is not going to be a Chicago Bear next year. And that Jeremy Langford is the future, that he's Matt Forte only several, several years younger, which makes perfect sense, quite frankly. And they're going to try to keep keeping him involved. But with my playoff life on the line, I can't sit here and find out what that role is going to be with him in my lineup. So I got to kick him out at least this. Well, week. exactly. But, you know, keeping him involved, you know, let's not forget fantasy owners, they're down, you know, not counting the playoffs. You know, they're down to a one game season. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bears, they have whatever. They have five games. Yeah, they have left. plenty of time to yeah, work it out. To know. work him in. I'm guessing Josh Why Fox not run could... Forte into the ground if you're not going to be a that. Bear anymore? Bring Langford in when you need a right. score, when you need a big play in the passing game. I think you're right. You know, I'm assuming John Fox doesn't care about my fantasy team. He should, but I don't think he Maybe does. Maybe you should text him. I'll give him a ring. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he'll come on the show and we can plead with him. Yeah. I wonder. Uh, Get cold. I don't to, uh, think we'll have time. Him. Well, that's true. Yeah, maybe next week, John. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for considering us. So yeah, I think this comes down to to Matthews and C.J. Anderson for me. And so 
So we sort of talked about going forward that we're actually kind of high on C.J. Anderson for this one week. Okay. Do I'll I take one, I'll see? give you one more All right, let, tidbit let me, of information before you do that. San Diego Chargers have given up the most fantasy points to running backs. Right. And I'm guessing it's not even close. So, now that's the dilemma is... If Ronnie Hillman gets the start, I know where you're going. Yeah, I mean, is, yeah, C.J. Anderson outperformed Hillman last week, but is he going to this week? Is he going to get the workload? Maybe it'll still be 50-50 or 60-40, whatever it was before, but maybe this week Hillman performs Yeah, he goes in and runs for 80 yards on the first two possessions because San Diego can't stop anybody. Right. And C.J. Anderson doesn't get those opportunities. And and you have to – I mean, there's so much to take into consideration. Is Denver going to get up early and then they can use the run game to work the clock? Or is San Diego going to strike and yeah. force Osweiler into... Yeah, does this game get played into the 40s? Yeah, I mean... But it could. It really it's could. It's possible, it's certainly. So, I mean, there's a lot of decisions you need yeah, to make. There's almost too much there. So, I'm thinking I can afford to play it safe here. I might go with Jordan Matthews and hope he gets in the end zone. Problem is, he's only good for about three etches for 50 yards, so I almost got to have that touchdown. I'll tell you what, this is tough. I'm leaning Anderson. I've got Matthews in there now. It sounds like you're leaning Matthews. Well, where PPR is why I'm leaning Matthews. Yeah, I agree with that. That's that's a big part. So, I don't know. They both got three touchdowns. I mean, you can't fault anybody either way. They both have about the same amount of total yards, and, you know – in PPR, in our league, in our scoring system, Jordan Matthews has more points, but C.J. Anderson had such a horrible start right, to the season. Right, it's, The last three games probably isn't the case. Right, whole different story. Right. Jordan Matthews at times, but here we go. You, we talked about Jay Cutler. Do I want to hitch my wagon to uh, Sam Bradford and Chip Kelly, <laughs> which is what I'll be doing <laughs> with Jordan Matthews. So more to That's come on that point. on Sunday. Check out the Inside Slant Sunday, 10 o'clock Eastern Asylum Fantasy Sports. I'll tell you what. I I think you've uh, talked me into Anderson. Anderson, I think I'm leaning that way too. But will, I'm sure we'll discuss these more again Sunday. So if you want to hear more about our teams, listen up Sunday morning, 10 Eastern. Well, I'll tell you what, Rick, let's get out of here now. We'll come back. We'll get these games picked right after this. All right, rolling along here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show on the Fantasy Sports Network. Let's pick some games. Uh, you beat me again last week. I believe we just figured out you were 9-4. and four. I was 8-5. and five. So you're making money if you're betting us on the money line. A little bit, not much. But uh, might want to stick with Rick Briggs here. So let's hop right into it, Rick. Suddenly surging Houston Texans. J.J. Watt has decided it's, the Houston Texans are going to the playoffs. Hopkins has really emerged. Hoyer getting it done on the road at Buffalo. Here's an intriguing matchup right off the bat. You know, this is something, and I really wanted to get into this earlier in the show. Were you aware of um, Rex Ryan getting the clock management advice? No. And, you know, whether or not to challenge a play. I I I I forget the play. And actually, they had cameras on them, and he was talking to this guy. Right. And it was, you know, like looking at the Jumbotron and and whether or not to -hmm. to challenge it and whether or not to call a timeout later in the game. And there's actually comments made like, who is this guy? (laughs) It turned out that um, 
I heard on CBS Radio, one of these shows, I don't know, Tierney or somebody, yeah. that they were talking about that. And there's actually a guy that works for CBS that covers Buff. They, he didn't know who the guy was. Really? Turns out it was the team chaplain giving <laughs> Rex Ryan advice on the sideline. You can't take advice from the pastor. I'm I mean, taking I'm sure Houston. <laughs> for that reason. I'm taking I'll Houston. I'll tell you what. I'm 27-24 Houston. I'll tell you what, Rick. Now you've changed my mind. Here's why. It didn't work out for him last week, but it sounds to me like Rex Ryan's <laughs> trying to get God on his side. And I like what Brian Hoyer's been doing. J.J. Watt is close, but he's not quite God. I'm going Buffalo by three. <laughs> God with the field goal in the way. All right. It's all right. San Francisco at Chicago. I got to go Chicago at Soldier Field. And we talked about, you know, the dilemma. It's a pretty good matchup for that Chicago offense. I like Chicago 30 to 14. Yeah, I'm actually inclined to go San Francisco this way this week, but I'm not going to do it. And here's why. Number one, Chicago's playing a lot better. Cutler's playing a lot better. We talked about that earlier. But number two, San Francisco laid it all on the line last week. They wanted that Arizona game bad. Right. And they got jobbed. Did you hear that? Yeah. Referee crew got suspended for yes. this week. They got jobs so bad. I think you lay it all out there for that division game. Going to Soldier Field's a good place for a letdown. Oh, what's a not not a very good team? So I'll take Chicago 27-13. Cincinnati at Cleveland. Austin Davis, your boy, starting for the Brownies. <sighs> I just – it's amazing. It, look, Cincinnati's a real deal. I like Cincinnati in this game. We don't need to go over it much more. I'm, I'm going Cincinnati 30, Cleveland 17. Yeah, if Johnny Manziel was starting this game, I'd almost predict it almost as a shootout, not because Manziel's any good, but because these two teams tend to shoot out, but Austin Davis doesn't have a shootout against that Cincinnati defense in him. So I'll, I'll take the Bungles 33, Cleveland 10, Baltimore at Miami. Yeah, Baltimore is, boy, I'll tell you what, they are uh, a work in progress this year with the injuries and and just the season they've had. Miami is worse. I, I, I don't know what's going on with that team, but I'm going Baltimore. I think Baltimore has a bit of a resurgence. You know, they got by Cleveland. I think they can get by Miami. I'm going uh, – 24-22, Baltimore. Yeah, this one's tough because Miami just stinks. They've got no heart. They're terrible. Baltimore just has no players. I, I think I'm going to take the players. I'm going to use your score just on the opposite. I'm going to go 24-21 Miami. But, boy, I don't feel good about that one at all. This is interesting. Seattle at Minnesota. And I think that at is very important. Yeah, it is. They're not, they don't have the 13th man with them. You know, you know Pittsburgh lit them up. But, of course, they can't stop anybody. Minnesota can. They can play some defense. I'm going Minnesota 24-21. I thought, I thought we were going to differ on that one, Rick, but I agree. That at, if this game was in Seattle, I'd have just the opposite score. Seattle's a different team on the road. Yeah. Minnesota can contain Rawls. Russell Wilson ain't going to throw for five touchdowns again. I think Minnesota's got enough defense and just enough Adrian Peterson to win. Kind of an ugly, low-scoring game. I'm going I'm to go ahead and take Minnesota 20-17. to The Jets and the Giants. Yeah, this is an interesting game. This is a very interesting game. You know, the Jets aren't who we, th- we thought they were. I-, I tell you what, you know, you go back five, six weeks, you thought the Jets – 
had a legitimate shot at the AFC I, title. I thought they were going to make a run at the Patriots in that division. The Giants, you just don't know what you're getting. They are just, I mean, you know, it's cliche. They could beat any team, and they could lose by yeah. 20 to any team any given week. It is. It's cliche, but they are a true Jekyll and Hyde right? team. I mean, you just don't know what you'll get. However, they are in... The Meadowlands. Well, in the yeah, Meadowlands, yeah, right. Matter. MetLife Stadium. It doesn't matter. It's not even a home game, right? I'm going the Giants just because yeah. I, they're ready to bounce back and surprise you. When you think they're going to win, take control of the East, they lay an egg. Right. I think they're going to somehow beat the Jets 34-31. Yeah, I mean, both teams fighting for the playoff lives here. I, I tend to lean the Giants. I'm going to take Eli over Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's close to me, but I think this is about a 27-24 to 24 type of game in favor of the Giants. Arizona at Seattle. No, St. Louis. Or what I say? Seattle. Seattle, yes. Yeah, this, this is always a dangerous game. St. Louis tends they to... They win in the division. They tend to play the division opponents very good. But I don't think they're that good. No, Arizona terrible. is very good. And I know they've got some problems in the run game right now, but I still think that pass game is good enough and they have the championship defense. I'm going Arizona 24, St. Louis 19. Todd Gurley has come crashing back to earth in the last several weeks. I think you find out no matter how good he is, no matter how dynamic, when you have nothing to speak of as far as a passing game, this is the NFL you can be taken out of things. He'll find the end zone. He'll have 60, 70 yards. But what we saw in those first two weeks, not going to happen and not going to happen against this Arizona defense. I don't think this is close. I got the Cardinals 33-20. Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Good luck picking either of these two. Yeah, no kidding. I'm taking um, Tampa at home, and I don't know why, because I just don't think Atlanta – I mean, Atlanta, talk about a paper tiger. Everybody was talking about how great they were. They, They can't stop anybody. I like Tampa at home, 27-24. Atlanta's been just completely exposed. They stink. Nothing after Julio Jones. Looks like Devontae Freeman will go, something we didn't get into in the, high, in the, in the first segment. However, they just no heart. They're, they just stink. Matt Ryan, he stinks. I have defended him for years on this show. I'm done. Atlanta stinks. Somehow Tampa Bay, 24-23. Uh, last one before the break here, quickly, Rick Jacksonville at Tennessee. A rematch of that great Thursday night matchup a few weeks ago. Yeah, and a very important game. Uh, you know, Jacksonville beat them the first time in Jacksonville. I tell you what, I think the tables have turned a little bit. I th- I'm going Tennessee in a close game. I'm going Tennessee 20, Jacksonville 17. Yeah, I'm with you here. It's going to be ugly again. It's going to be tough. I think I don't know how much home field advantage there is there in Nashville, but I think it will be the difference. I think this has got all the making about a 17-16 game in, fr- in favor of Tennessee. All right, let's get out of here. We'll come back, uh, finish these games, and wrap up the show right after this. They may sound nuts. So do the Wright brothers. Now, here's Flieger and Bray. All right, wrapping up the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Fantasy Sports Network. Rick, rapid fire, Kansas City at Oakland. Tell you what, it's a tough game. I'm, I'm going for the mild upset. I think the win streak ends. I'm going Oakland in Oakland. Yeah, I thought we were going to differ on that one a little bit because you've been hyping up Kansas City, but I don't think they're good enough to win six or seven in a row. Oakland can get this done. Oakland 23, Kansas City 20. Denver at San Diego. 
Dangerous game, I still think, but I like Denver. I think they're a better team. I like Denver um, 31, San Diego 30. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is a high-scoring and close game, and I think it's a bit of a shootout. I'll go 34-30. Philadelphia at New England. I'm going New England. I don't care how many weapons Tom Brady doesn't have. I think they've given up on Chip, you know, playing for Chip Kelly. I think he's on the way out. I think everybody knows it. And New England's New England. That somehow they do it. I like New England 34, Philadelphia 17. There are about 14 teams in this league I would take over New England this week, but Philadelphia ain't one of them by hook or by crook. I think it's a little bit ugly. I'm going to take New England 27-23. Uh, moving on, Carolina at New Orleans. That acts It doesn't bother me. I think New Orleans is, is terrible. I like Carolina's defense, and I like Cam Newton MVP season. He's turning guys into playmakers. I like Carolina 34, New Orleans 24. I agree with everything you said except for the fact Carolina's not going 16-0. and We have got to find a loss There's somewhere. going to be a better team than New Orleans at, somewhere. At the Superdome, somehow, someway, Drew Brees gets it back on track and wins this thing 35-34. That's my upset special of the week. Indianapolis at Pittsburgh. Looks like Big Ben's going to go. Ben gives it a go. I'm going Pittsburgh. Look, I know they can't stop anybody, but uh, – you know, I like Pittsburgh at home against Indianapolis. I'm going Pittsburgh 35, Indianapolis 28. Yeah, I think this is relatively high scoring as well. A healthy Andrew Luck, I may feel a little different about this game, but I think Matt Hasselback's streak has got to end here at some point. He's been beating up on some cream puffs is one thing we haven't talked about with, with all of his wins so far this year. I like Big Ben. I like the Steelers. I'm going to go 31-24. And Monday night, Dallas at your division-leading Washington Redskins. <laughs> yes. Division favorite if you look at the schedule. The rest exactly. Of the and I've got to go Washington. Look, they're playing a little football. They, they're starting to believe. Dallas knows it's over with now. Right. Their savior's gone again. It's done. Hey, you can see the commercial of Dez thumping his chest, but you know what, Dez? <laughs> You're pitiful in fantasy-wise. If it wasn't Des Bryant, we attach these names, but I wouldn't even start him. Right. But I've got him in my yeah, lineup, and I have to. Yeah, you got no But I'm, I like Washington, 27, Dallas, 17. Kirk Cousins and the Redskins have lost one game at, at uh, FedEx Field this year. Kirk Cousins is rated in the top 10 in terms of QB rating since week seven, and it's even higher than that at home. I don't know what it is because there's no home field advantage at FedEx Field. If you ever watch a game, half the stadium's filled up with the other team's fans. That'll be the case here. But Matt Castle versus uh, Kirk Cousins, who's comfortable at home, I don't think it's even close. I, I like Washington 27. Well, Dallas will keep it close because that's what they do, and they blow it at the end. So I'll go 27-23 Washington at home. All right. All right. Well, we're about out of time here, Rick. We got to get going. Thanks, Thanks so much so for, much joining, for us. joining us. Yes, indeed. And, and enjoy your. You know, if you if you've locked up your your division titles or your playoff thing, great. I hope you win and get in. But if you're a loser, spoil for somebody. Right. Stay stay active. Yeah, get those questions in at Asylum Football on Twitter. We'll be back next week, same time, same channel. Until then, we'll see you. Take care.